Today's episode will contain spoilers for A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Please be advised, today's episode includes discussions related to prostitution. Hey, brother! Okay, you guys, today's theory I think is very, very interesting and has to do with one of the biggest burning questions that I personally had after finishing A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Inside of this prequel story, we learn a very unexpected, if you will, detail. And that is the cat-like woman that takes in Katniss and the rest of her crew at the end of Mockingjay is actually President Snow's own cousin, Tigress. Honestly, even at the end of Mockingjay, I couldn't help but feel like this particular character had been shoehorned in a little bit as like a deus ex machina. I mean, like, good thing this cat lady was here, otherwise we would have been cooked. At best, my interpretation of this particular person and the fact that she had a hideout that Katniss was able to use was just simply supposed to represent that, like, while most people in the capital loved the Hunger Games, there were people who took issue with it. Because again, at least within the original trilogy, this character isn't really connected to anyone else in any other way shy of Cressida, who was the person who knew she might be a safe place to take the rest of the team. So when I personally first cracked open a ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, I was pretty shocked to discover that this person has pretty massive significance. She is quite literally President Snow's own cousin and arguably his only and best friend inside of the capital. And considering the ending of Mockingjay throughout the rest of the story, I just kept waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for the other shoe to drop. How could this kind and sweet and loving person end up as the heavily modified representation of the capital who takes in Katniss and her team so many years later? Why does she ultimately go on to betray President Snow, her cousin, and at one point in time, her best friend? And this just never happens. The entire story unfolds and we never get an explanation. We never see Tigress like recognize the darkness that resides within Coriolanus. She thinks he's a good person. She doesn't understand the truth about who he really is. And so it kind of just left me in a state of bewilderment. Like why choose this character in particular who's just inside of a few pages? And I will be the first to say that this took a fair bit of digging, but I do believe that I unearthed the answer. And surprisingly, it all comes down to Finnick O'Dare. Today, I'll explain. All right, guys, let's just go ahead and dive right on in. I think the best place to start is what we know about the character of Tigress, at least from Katniss's perspective, and then work backwards from there. Here is Katniss's first description of Tigress when Cressida leads them to her door. The skin has been pulled back tightly and tattooed with black and gold stripes. The nose has been flattened until it barely exists. I've seen cat whiskers on people in the Capitol before, but none so long. The result is a grotesque semi-feline mask, which now squints at us distrustfully. And again, you might just think that Tigress is supposed to illustrate more of what the capital life is like. Like even here, even in the capital where some of the fashion choices that they make are kind of unusual at best, this is a person who even took that too far. That or simply some physical modifications to your being in order to keep up with the latest trends don't age very well when those trends ultimately change. Either way though, throughout all of the modifications, Katniss ultimately realizes that she does in fact recognize Tigress. Tigress, deep in my brain, the name rings a bell. She was a fixture, a younger, less disturbing version of herself in the earliest Hunger Games I can remember. A stylist, I think. I don't remember for which district, not 12. Then she must have had one operation too many and cross the line into repellents. Katniss then theorizes that this must be what happens to former stylists within the 
Hunger Games once they've outlived their usefulness. And so Katniss just sort of assumes that this must be the reason that she is now working against Snow. All we really get on the subject though is the following. Did Snow ban you from the games, I ask? She just stares back at me. Somewhere her tiger tail flicks with displeasure because I'm going to kill him, you know? Her mouth spreads into what I take for a smile. And here's how I've always read this particular exchange. Katniss is seeing all the heavy modifications that Tigress has made to herself and just assumes that on some level, the reason why she's rebelling is actually out of vanity. It's maybe not the most noble reason to be involved with the rebellion, but at the very least, Katniss can assure herself that this person won't turn them over. However, if we backtrack to teenage Tigress, we see a completely different version of this person. When we first meet young Coriolanus and Tigress, they only have one other living family member. It's their shared grandmam, or should I say the grandmam? Feels like she's got the the. These three together are working to try to maintain the great name of Snow inside of the capital. And they do reside in one of the most prominent penthouses in the entire city. However, the reality of this situation is that they have had to scrape and sell every single thing they own just to maintain possession of this apartment. And as this story begins, we know that Coriolanus is prepping for the reaping for the 10th Hunger Games and needs to be as presentable as possible. His shirt for the reaping was worrying him. He had an acceptable pair of dark dress pants bought on the black market last year, but the shirt was what people looked at. For today's ceremony, students were instructed to be dressed fashionably, but with the solemnity the occasion dictated. Tigress had said to trust her, and he did. Only his cousin's cleverness with the needle had saved him so far. And this all sort of represents the dynamic that these two cousins share. Coriolanus has a lot of potential to do something great in the world and restore the name of Snow. But a lot of that potential hinged on the ultimate outcome of Coriolanus's mentorship in The Hunger Games, where a scholarship to the university is on the table. Without such a prize, he had no way to afford to go to university, which meant no career, which meant no future. Not for him, and who knew what would happen to the family. But before any of that could happen, they needed a shirt. And Tigress is the one who shoulders that responsibility. However, considering the circumstances here, she's kind of at long odds, as the family has already traded away or sold anything of real value. Had Tigress given up on the old thing and braved the black market in some last-ditch effort to find him proper clothing? And what on earth would she possess worth trading for it? Only one thing, herself. And the House of Snow had not yet fallen that far. Coriolanus is concerned at the links that Tigress might have to go to in order to secure him a shirt. But what we ultimately learn is that Tigress is not only kind, but incredibly resourceful. You see, Tigress herself had already started what you can only describe as like the worst version of an internship ever with an existing stylist. Tigress had foregone university when she graduated from the academy to pursue her dream of becoming a designer. She was supposed to be an apprentice, although Fabricia used her more as slave labor, requiring her to give foot massages and clean clumps of her long magenta hair from the drains. But Tigress never complained and would hear no criticism of her boss. So pleased and grateful was she to have a position in fashion. And it's through this very position that Tigress was able to come up with a way to repair Coriolanus's existing shirt. She convinced the designer that she worked for, Fabricia, to bleach all of her curtains and snuck Coriolanus's shirt in with it. This removed most of the stains in the shirt, but the ones that she couldn't get out, she was able to offset by then dyeing the shirt alongside of some marigolds she actually found in the trash. From there, she was able to parse together other bits from random items that they had inside of the Snow Estate into something that was ultimately very presentable. It was gorgeous. No, even better, it was classy. The thick linen was neither the original white nor the yellow of age, but a delicious cream. The cuffs and collar had been replaced with black velvet, and the buttons were gold and ebony cubes. Tesserae, 
Each one had two tiny holes drilled through it for the thread. And this is all even more incredible because it meant that Tigress didn't have to go to the terrible lengths Coriolanus feared she might have to in order to make this happen. However, it is important to remember that this day wasn't the only day that the Snow family was struggling to get by. But guys, we need to take a pause right there to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, Hello Tushy. Is it just me or is it getting like a little bit, a little bit hot in here? What's that? Oh my gosh, oh no! Out with you, I say! This isn't even a fire extinguisher. Well, that was wild. We very nearly avoided what I, what I can only describe as an incredibly real fire back there. But I guess this particular diversion also allows me the opportunity to talk about fire, but just not the kind you're thinking of. I think that we can all safely agree that it has been incredibly hot this summer. But as you may know, you can't fight fire with paper. Yep, that is right, you guys. It's time for toilet talk. When the heat happens, paper just isn't enough. What you need is a precise stream of water. And that is exactly what Hello Tushy can provide as they are the makers of the finest bidet attachments in the game that have racked up over 100,000 five-star reviews. And I would just like to say that I myself am one of them, self five or five of them. Five stars. Guys, I will say it for you. When I first heard about bidets, I really couldn't begin to understand how this was ultimately going to work. Like how a stream of water was gonna make me feel like more clean instead of less. But it truly is a world of difference. Like nothing makes me feel cleaner or fresher than a Hello Tushy bidet. And Hello Tushy bidets are ridiculously easy to install. It doesn't require any plumbing or electrical knowledge whatsoever. Snaps on in just a few minutes and it cuts down on your toilet paper usage by like 80%, which saves you money along the way. Seriously guys, you will be so glad to have made the transition from paper to bidet and you can get 10% off when you head on over to hellotushy.com super and use promo code super at checkout. Again, it's going to be hellotushy.com slash super and use promo code super for 10% off your first order. Link is in the description down below. Later in the story, Lucy Gray has arrived on the scene and we learn of her unique talent to sing songs. And somewhere along the way, Coriolanus thinks it would be a great idea for her to sing a song during her interview before the Capitol in order to encourage potential sponsors to help her once she's inside of the games. The song she sings is the one about Billy Tope, the boy from District 12 who had left her for the mayor's daughter and ultimately led to her being reaped for the games. The song being about another boy leaves Coriolanus feeling incredibly jealous although the song also resonates with someone else, Tigress. And when Coriolanus is voicing his own concerns, we get the following exchange between the cousins. There was that part about her living by her charms. Well, that could be anything. She's a performer after all, she said. Tigress then alludes to why she's able to relate to Lucy Gray's song. You said she lost her parents. She's probably been fending for herself for years. I don't think anyone who survived the war in the years after can blame her for that. Tigress dropped her gaze. We all did things we're not proud of. You didn't, he said. Didn't I? Tiger spoke with an uncharacteristic bitterness. We all did. Maybe you were too little to remember. Maybe you didn't know how bad it really was. And in case you're not reading between the lines here, what Tigris is basically explaining here is that the very thing that Coriolanus was afraid she might have to do in order to find him a shirt. At some point in the past, she had to sell herself. This is not only a super horrifying piece of information, but I also think it's the piece of information that we needed to ultimately understand why eventually Tigress would turn on President Snow. Just stick with me for a moment, because after this games, the 10th Hunger Games, the one that Lucy Gray wins, it seems like the Hunger Games change 
a lot. At least within the context of A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, it doesn't even seem like the members of the Capitol up until this moment have enjoyed the Hunger Games either. I mean, who would? It's kids killing other kids. Enter Coriolanus, who will go on to change everything and introduce massive elements of pageantry to the games. Sponsors, interviews, prizes, food, glamour, pride, and most importantly, stylists. Honestly, I can even imagine the joy that Snow must have felt the day that he was able to present his best friend and cousin the prestigious position of being a stylist in the Hunger Games. It was repayment of a sort for everything that Tigress did for the family during the dark days. As an aspiring designer, it could be her dream job. It comes with the spotlight and as ever, looks good for the family of Snow. Snow lands on top, as they say. But as we said earlier, eventually we know that Tigress exits that spotlight. And based on Katniss's assessment of the situation, you might be under the impression that she was dumped by the games, but I don't think so. I personally think that Tigress left of her own accord. Again, if we go back to the quote from earlier, Katniss says she remembers Tigress from the earliest games she can remember. Tigress, deep in my brain, the name rings a bell. She was a fixture, a younger, less disturbing version of herself in the earliest Hunger Games I can remember. Now, if you'll recall, for Katniss's first games, she is going to be 16 years old, and obviously can't speak for everyone, but the earliest memories might suggest that that would go back to being five or six years old. And while we don't exactly know the victors of every single game, we do know the victor of the games from exactly 10 years prior, Finnick Odare. Finnick is also kind of similar to Tigris when you first meet him. He almost seems like everything that's wrong with the games and the capital. Being from District 4, he was a career, so the odds were already in his favor. But what no trainer could claim to have given him was his extraordinary beauty. Tall, athletic, with golden skin and bronze-colored hair and those incredible eyes. So for one, he actually comes from a district that actively leans into participation in the games. But beyond that, he also seems to come across like he's basking in the glory of being a Hunger Games champion. The citizens of the capital have been drooling over him ever since. Because of his youth, they really couldn't touch him for the first year or two. But ever since he turned 16, he spent his time at the games being dogged by those desperately in love with him. No one retains his favor for long. He can go through four or five in his annual visit. What we ultimately learn, however, is that Phoenix's life is no treat. He does not love the way in which the capital puts him to use. Which is to say that he can be bought. And eventually, even Katniss herself learns that the most glamorous lives of the victors aren't what they seem. That no matter what, you aren't allowed to win. The capital will just continue to use you forever. Even if you're a victor, you still reside in some version of the games. Okay, but so again, let's get back to our original question. Like, what does all of this have to do with Tigris? Well, let's start putting the pieces of the puzzle together. We have Tigris, who is in almost every single way, just an upbeat and happy person, but also has these dark memories about the things she had to do to keep her family afloat and fed. And eventually all of that effort allows Coriolanus to make something of himself. He is the one who completely reinvents the Hunger Games and becomes president of Pan Am, where he's easily able to repay Tigris with a prominent role as a stylist in the Hunger Games. 
games. And from there, you can just sort of imagine how the next 50 something years go. She's one of the most prominent members of the central spectacle of the entire country. Snow lands on top. And she maintains this like unshakable belief that her cousin is a good person. And while he himself has his own negative relationship with the Hunger Games, he just simply understands their utility, a necessary evil to maintain order. So while the games are a dark and harsh reality of the life that they live, Snow is also the one who advocates for better treatment of the tributes themselves. The tributes no longer have to reside in the zoo, but instead a state-of-the-art training facility where they're cared for and well-fed. The winners are celebrated and given a life of ease. Or are they? Enter Finnick, the most popular champion ever. And it's not hard at all to believe that Tigress would be assigned a career district since she's quite literally the cousin of the president. And so Tigress does what she does. She cares for and gives Finnick her best and he wins. And remember, keep in mind that Katniss specifically remembers Tigress from the earliest Hunger Games she herself can recall. And we know that Finnick won 10 years ago. That timing is pretty perfect. But from there, what Tigress ultimately sees is her own cousin allowing, permitting, or even encouraging wealthy citizens to treat victors in a pretty specific way. I haven't dealt in anything as common as money in years. Specifically forcing champions like Finnick to do the very thing Tigress herself once had to do to keep her family fed. When Coriolanus is having that conversation with Tigress after Lucy Gray sings her song, she closes the discussion with the following sentiment. Try not to look down on people who had to choose between death and disgrace. The very line that she had to cross in order to give Coriolanus the opportunities to go forward and be someone who could make sure that things like this never had to happen to citizens of the country again is the very thing he himself is enabling. And I believe that as this particular truth dawned on Tigress, she exited the games entirely and joined the rebellion against Snow. With secrets. Proving once again that Snow always has been and always will be his own worst enemy. Man, you guys, I've got to say that was a doozy of a script to write and record and talk about because it's just such dark stuff as of seemingly everything inside of the Hunger Games happens to be. But that's how I believe Tigress ultimately went on to betray Snow. Be sure to let me know all of your thoughts in the towel section down below. But guys, as ever, thank you so much for watching. Be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you'd like to find out how Lucy Gray may or may not be related to Katniss, you can check out this video right over here. Otherwise, until next time, bye.